Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Laura. I'm Becky. And today we are going to be talking about the book American Dirt mm-hmm. by Janine Cummins. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it should be a good one here. Uh-huh. You got your coffee all ready to go? I do. I am just really boring with my coffee lately, so... That's okay. That's okay. I just have the same old, same old. But that, I know that you like fine. to go to uh, Starbucks and get something different every time, so tell me what you like. I know, right. But actually, this time, I, I behaved myself. I stayed Did at you home. make so... coffee? <laughs> what? <No>. But <laughs> I, don't go that far. Don't okay, go that okay. Far. Back um, it up, back it up. <laughs> no, so I... I I didn't feel like actually like making really anything, okay. so I just used the. Have you ever used the stuff that you buy in the jug or whatever oh, at the yeah. store? Mm-hmm. I, this is um, it's either stock or stoke. Or oh yeah, I don't know how to pronounce I've seen it. Is that. it stock? Is it from Aldi? No, actually, oh, I don't think okay. I've ever seen it at Aldi. Okay, I know I they have something at Aldi, but yes. I don't think I've seen this one. I think our Aldi carries that. Really nice. Yes. I don't because think ours does. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is um, stock, but it's like the espresso blend. Okay. So to me, I'm like, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's like stronger, but obviously you're not gonna. It's not gonna be like real espresso, but I I yeah. like it. It's yeah. kind of stronger. And then I just did like a little bit of um, like cream with some a new syrup that I had bought recently, which is okay. um, c- cookie butter. Oh, and so it's kind of, yeah, it tastes a little bit like, like a cookie. So. Wow, that <laughs> sounds really delicious. I know. How much more ridiculous can I get, right? Like, <laughs> well, remember when we used to drink coffee at first? It was like candy coffee, we called it. Oh, and we yeah. had like sugar, cream. We had like Cool Whip, ice cream. I, yeah, I used to put straight up ice cream yes. in my coffee. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. It was candy coffee, dessert yeah. coffee. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much just a hint of coffee ice cream. <laughs> yeah. I think all that's changed really for me is that the coffee's a lot stronger, but Oh yeah. I still, yeah. you know, yep. like to doctor it up pretty good. I know. I well, I know I've said this before, but like the other coffee that I bought have bought in the past from the store is never strong enough when I buy it pre made. I know. I know. So right? I have never tried this espresso one though. I should try that. Yeah, I feel like I'm fine with the other ones, but they aren't quite as strong as I would probably make it. So I usually yeah. just have to kind of be really careful about putting stuff in, you know, mm-hmm. not yeah. to make it too watered down. Do you yeah. do like I do like almost by the color of the coffee? I know yeah. when I have it at the right color. Yeah. Well, you know me. I don't measure things. I am not good. And I don't really measure it either. I just kind of, like with this kind of stuff, I just kind of go, okay, this much coffee. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Probably about this much will make it the uh-huh. right color for what I know I like. Oh, yeah. I totally do that too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anywho, so that's what, what like. I'm doing. And I I did ice today, even though really mm. it's, it it's not, hasn't been super hot, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I can't I believe know. it. I know. It's been a very weird year weather It has. I just yeah. keep waiting for the mm-hmm. horrifying heat. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's coming. It's, it's Well, it's been here in bits and pieces. Yeah. It but hasn't for, been consistent like in the past. Yes. I'm just confused. 
Yeah. I'm confused. It's like my yeah. body's like expecting horrible. I know. <laughs> All the <I> time. <laughs> because I call it I call it the summer dread. <laughs> uh, yes. Starts to pick oh. up in March. Uh-huh. And slowly increases, yep. you know. Till yeah, you get to the dog really, days of August. We really have not had that kind of weather either in Tennessee, so it's like yeah. What is going on? In fact, well, this week is weird, too, because it's supposed to storm, like, every single day, but it's it's bumped up to, like, the high 70s, low 80s, which is weird, because wow. last week yeah. it was, like, 60s, 70s, sunny, beautiful. I don't know what's going yeah. on, but whatever. I'm here for the ride. And strangely, outside I'm mostly okay, but when I come inside, I'm hot. Which makes oh. no sense because it's cooler inside than it is outside. Yeah, that doesn't. So it make makes no sense. sense. I think I really wonder if it's a humidity thing at this point because oh, I yeah. like it's like I can sort of acclimate if I'm outside a lot. Mm-hmm. I can sort of. I mean, I still don't love the heat, but I can sort of take it better. Yeah. yeah. Where then I come inside to the air conditioning, and I think it's the humidity is just still so high that yeah. it's not as cold as my body expects it or i don't know it's weird hmm. but anyway yeah very yeah. strange yeah you're an oddball but i love you thanks <laughs> thanks man so you used ice is that what you were going i for? did do i did yes you i did, did ice cold. i did ice because okay. Okay. otherwise well, i'd have to heat up the store-bought stuff which is sometimes okay but sometimes when you heat up like stuff that comes from yeah the dog, it's yeah it's a it's little not that weird. great Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it kind of gets it. It messes with the essence of it or something. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. So yeah, I, I just agree. Iced, you know. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've literally talked about the weather, like eighty-year-olds. <laughs> I got my cardigan on. Maybe it, right? Now I got my cat on my lap and my uh, afghan over my head. As as Ellie would say, "What's that, Rita?" <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know, Janet. <laughs> what does that mean? It's from Bluey. Have, do your kids watch That's Bluey? That's hilarious. No, Bluey but I've hilarious. heard good things. And I've heard the, good things. The, the little kid dogs, they um like to play pretend old lady. So one that lady's is name funny. is Janet. One lady's name is Rita. What's that, Rita? <laughs> Oh, I need to start watching this It is show. pretty, it is pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Bluey. Love oh, it. Oh, my word. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Anywho. Yes. Some dirt Rita. of the Americans. Yes. <laughs> Tierra del Americanos. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Um, so yeah, so should I just do like a little, yeah, kind of, you know, summary? Yeah, a little summary. So, American Dirt is it was written and I think like published in like 2017, so it's a more modern. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it takes place, starts out taking place in Acapulco, Mexico, Mm -hmm. and um, the protagonist, her name is Lydia. She is married to a journalist who works in the city. And their city has always had, like, a lot of um, d- uh, drug gang type ap- activity. Mm-hmm. They've always had, like, sort of like the big um, 
mob boss of the drug world or whatever. They've always had that. But they're kind of in the middle of a, a takeover from another drug lord who now wants to be, like, he wants his gang to be the new cartel. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there's been a lot of violence in the city. And her husband is always kind of aware of the fact that, like, he has to be careful because he's a journalist. And so he does exposés and this kind of thing. But anytime he does something that he thinks might tick off the, the cartel, he sort of, like, lays low for a while. Well, um, Lydia doesn't realize it, but this guy that's been coming in to talk to her, she owns a bookshop, and this guy has been coming in to talk with her at the bookshop, and he, they're just kind of like friends because they like over love of books and like poetry and this kind of thing. Like they've just become friends, and she comes to find out this friend that she's become really close to um, is actually the new like jefe, the new cartel overlord guy and so she's really torn because she's seen this really like beautiful side of him like where Mm -hmm. he's like just a really cool guy Mm -hmm. and like has a really like beautiful soul I guess um but she's trying to reconcile that with what she's hearing about this new drug you know this Mm -hmm. new gang well her husband is like I'm still gonna do an article on him so and she's like are you sure like Mm. um so that's really hard for her to reconcile but anyway um her husband goes ahead and does you know puts out this expose or whatever and you find out later because of this expose this guy's daughter finds out that he is the cartel leader she didn't know and she Mm. finds out and so because of that she actually ends up committing suicide and her dad like is so close with his daughter and sees her so much as like the the meaning of his life like the one good thing that he's done in his life is his daughter and so he's so like crushed by this that he puts out a hit on her family and her entire family gets killed Mm -hmm. in one go at this party that happens at um like the grandmother's house and so that's the start of the book is this horrible scene where all these people get killed at a party at a house in Acapulco Mm -hmm. and the mother ends up hiding out in the shower with her son and just being super quiet and just hoping they won't be seen and so from there of course she has to leave she has Mm -hmm. to get out of the city um to get to safety because she knows they they will be next like they have been I guess, lucky to not be found. So, um, so that's the start of the book, them taking off saying, we got to get to, basically we got to get to America because the drug cartels have very far reach and they sometimes work together, you know, different gangs Mm -hmm. will, cartels will sometimes work together to get people that they are mad at and, you know, that kind of thing. So the rest of the book is her and her son, Luca. So Lydia is the lady and her son, Luca. Um, trying to get to the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a basic overview framework for the book. Yeah. So where do you want to jump in? Well, um, good question. So I kind of want to start with, uh, I mean, it's a little bit controversial, but are you okay if I, yeah. if I start with like the biggie? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so um, 
the author, Cummins, she said that she was worried about writing this book because she's not an immigrant and she's not Mexican. And she said, quote, I had no business writing a book set us almost entirely in Mexico, set entirely among immigrants. I wished someone slightly browner than me would have written it. So, um, you know, she kind of takes that back a little bit now, and she says that that was clumsy wording. But because of that, it kind of started this whole controversy with this book, which I didn't even realize when I read it. And that was part of my question. Like, first of all, did you know that this was a controversial book because of that? But second of all, what do you think of that? Like, I have my opinions, but I am Uh curious, um, like, if you knew that this was, like, a big deal when you read this book. Because I think that if you had gone into it knowing that people... Um, look down on the author because of the way that this book was written that you would read it differently so I'm just curious what you think of that quote and if you think that that is accurate yeah no okay so um, full disclosure I finished this book like this morning I mean I was just really scrambling to get to the end of it I had heard of the book but Mm -hmm. I didn't I, I don't I didn't have any understanding of the controversy surrounding it. I yeah. I don't know where I've been the last well whatever however many years. But yeah, I didn't um, know either. When yeah, I no, I've I I had heard of the book, but yeah. I I didn't really heard anything about it, yeah. and I hadn't heard anything of controversy. So no, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, so I'm really torn about this honestly because here's mm-hmm. the thing: I understand why people who are immigrants might think I guess this isn't really your story to tell I understand Mm -hmm. that on an intellectual level Mm -hmm. um but I also feel like and I mean not I again I don't want to sound like a you know jerk or whatever but the whole reason that you're able to tell the story is because you live here um, yeah. the, I mean, the whole, the whole story is about not being able to speak out right? and not, not be, you know, without repercussions. Yeah. Um, and, and not just somebody calling you racist. Right. N- no, right. your whole family could be killed, you know, and this right. is not, I mean, this is, it is fiction, right. but it's based on reality. Exactly. Yeah. Um, She's done a lot of research on it. Right. And so I feel like when we say that only the person who has experienced something can tell that particular story. We've yeah. really limited ourselves intellectually and creati- creatively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, basically what you're saying is you only believe that people should write nonfiction mm. or yeah. that they should write their own specific story, in which case you should have a much bigger problem with ghostwriters. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. I don't, I mean, to, so I, I, I really do genuinely understand like, okay, you don't, this isn't your story to tell. Okay. I honestly do get that. Hmm. Like she is not a migrant. She hasn't been through this. Right. Right. Um, but at the same time, it feels when you really get down to it, it feels almost more racist to say that you should be browner. Hmm. Yeah. In a way. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like, uh, doesn't that feel a little racist yeah. too? Yeah. Like, 
Um, because that's even reductionist too. Like to say that all people that come from from and you know from south of our border, yeah, are very brown people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is every skin tone under the sun, all over. Right. And so I, I just I feel like even the the criticism is a bit reductionist. Yeah. But that again is me, and I feel like I feel like in our quest to be understanding and empathetic Mm. um we say that only certain voices can say certain stories yeah um and and again in this land where we have the freedom to do that you have Mm. the you know you have the freedom to write that story and i have the freedom to not buy it because i don't agree with it right yeah or to say that i think you should have been browner or to say you know yeah. Anybody should be able to write anything or to say, you know, whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very, it's interesting. It's a mm-hmm. very interesting controversy that I think is a bit of a microcosm of our society as a whole right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my, what do you think? My initial response was, I, I was a little bit upset because I thought, isn't this creative writing? Like, isn't this yeah uh, who is able to write then and i know right. i'm picking up a fiction book i know right. right that what i'm reading is not based entirely on facts so that's on me like why yeah. are we attacking this woman who wrote a story and especially since she she did say at the outset i understand mm-hmm. that i didn't exactly this. This exactly. isn't my lived experience. Like, I can't um, write about the Egyptian pyramids. I've never been there. <laughs> like, you know right. what I mean? I, that means I can't write about anything. I can't create. It's it's the creative right. part that's really disturbing to me. Like, we're squashing creativity. I don't like and that. And also, she seems to have been um, in some way trying to advocate for these people. Right, right. And so, does that mean that as as you know uh, a different ethnicity i'm not allowed to advocate yeah. through creative means do right. you know what i mean right. like so you're so you're actually saying that i shouldn't advocate i'm it's a little right. confusing honestly it is well um, my, my second response was i am so thankful that i am not under that like yoke <laughs> because yeah. you can never live up to that moving target and I don't have to live under that and I am so thankful for that freedom in Christ because I no matter what people say about me and people will say things and people will assume things and people will put titles and labels on me it doesn't matter I don't care and like I'm not gonna like the author I'm not different from the author I am not going to try and like change what I think or what I believe or what I say and how I say it just to appease people because people are always going to change people are always someone is always going to be upset with you but that doesn't but I just want to point out that doesn't make you an unempathetic person or a person no 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 can't love that kind of thing just because you don't expect yourself to live up to perfection right 
Um, but it's not even perfection. It's just man's view of what they think right. at the time is perfection. Right, exactly. But when you have a moving target of perfection, you're never going to make that target. Yeah. And yep. that's why I'm just, I was just thankful. Like, my, my second response was just immediately, I'm so thankful I don't have the pressure of that. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. So. I just thought it was really interesting, you know, that she, she almost was going back on her whole story, like apologizing yeah. for telling this story. And I don't think there needs to be any apology for a creative, a creative right. writing, you know. Um, and it did make me think about immigrants why they come yeah. to america yeah. how they come to america the struggle um and and isn't that what it's all about like making someone that put yourself in their shoes and their position yeah. um yeah. yeah it seems to me like that was one of her main goals and right. for me at least she achieved right. it so yeah if you hadn't known about all of that drama you could read it in that way yeah so i'm glad i didn't know about it yeah when i initially picked up the book yeah same here yeah um in fact i didn't i really didn't know anything about the author so after i finished it i, I did start researching the author a little bit just because yeah. i was curious um mm -hmm. she mentioned in her oh like afterward or something like a note or something like that mm -hmm. um about a little bit about her ethnic heritage, but not all of it by any means. Mm. Um, and she talked about the fact that she married yes. a, an undocumented an immigrant. immigrant yeah. mm -hmm. um, who, well, I mean, he, he got his green card because they got married. Yeah, right. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, so she talks about, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely am coming from a side here. Yeah. Um, but she but also, you know, that she doesn't, that it's not as simple as those things might lead people to believe about her. Well, she you know? was also criticized for that because he wasn't, a, people were like, well, is she trying to lead us to believe that he is a Mexican immigrant? And he apparently is from Ireland, I think. Um, okay. So people were kind of up in arms about that too. And it's like, but does so it he's matter? not the right kind like, of immigrant. Right. Right. <laughs> Which, I mean, again, I understand. It is very different coming yes. from Ireland to the U.S. versus Mexico yes. coming to the U.S. or Honduras. or. Uh, but that's the point. Right. All of right. these people are, are individuals. Uh-huh. They're all real people. And they all have their own story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's too bad, I guess, mm. that, I mean, it, it is and it's not. Because the yeah. thing is, I'm glad those people have the opportunity to say that. Yeah. Bottom yeah. line, I'm yeah. glad that anyone who has a problem with her writing this is able to say, I have a problem with that. Mm. Because yeah. you know what? Yep. Sticks and stones. You can say whatever you want in this country. Right. So, so you know, without literally giving your life for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's caveats, but you understand what I'm saying. Yes. Um, yeah. You're not going to be killed by a Hafe. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And there you go. So, <laughs> um, 
But uh, good, yeah, good and bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, one of the parts of the story, she um, gets to Mexico City, and she knows somebody there, a friend of her husband, I think it was, but he has a religious wife, and they made that very clear in, in the book, right. the author did, um, who was not comfortable with Lydia and her son staying with them. What did you think about that section? Did that stand out to you at all? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And what did, what was your um, response to that, or what did you think about that? Most of my response to this book is so mixed. Yeah. Um. So I. So first of all, the 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 wife of this character. So she's married to um a um friend of the protagonist's husband. I think mm-hmm. you said that. Mm-hmm. Um. So obviously he's he's Mexican. She's um from the United States Mm -hmm. and, but they both, you know, they live in Mexico now and they bring down, um, mission teams from where she used to live. Like they have this partnership with a church back in Indiana. And so, um, she, so first of all, I think she's, she actually was okay with them staying. She just didn't like the idea of them traveling with the team, the team, because that puts, the team in more danger. Yeah. Well, I, it's so hard because the thing is, I would hope that my, my Christ heart would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. we, as your brothers and sisters mm-hmm. would be honored yeah. to suffer alongside of you, take the risk yeah. alongside of you. Yeah. Um, for, the least of these for the, for whoever is in need, whoever needs something that we would pour ourselves out as an offering for them. Yeah. Um, but I, I, would my sin self creep in and Mm. say, um, that's too scary. I don't want to take that on Mm. for these, for, I don't, I, I I would assume the risk myself, but I don't want to for these young kids. Right. I don't, I don't know. I do not know. Yeah. That was a hard thing for me to, uh, take a stand on because it's not adults saying, yes, come with us. You're putting children in a vulnerable position. And now if it were me with a team of adults, I feel like that's a completely different scenario. Yeah. But I wouldn't I, necessarily say no either. I don't know right. what I would do in that position. Right. But that's they made what I'm her saying. out to I be like no... a demon for not wanting to allow Lydia to travel with these children. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like that's a little bit harsh. Like, yeah. like uh, we're, we're putting ourselves in people's shoes here. Can we do that for this woman? You know, to right. like... Right. I don't know. She she just came off as like a really unlikable character, and um, right. I don't know. And I and, and I can't. I can't imagine that's not at least some some portrait that she's got in her brain mm. of the church, and that's what makes me oh, sad. Yeah. yeah. Because the thing is, as Americans, have we always historically been good at stepping into? I right. I will suffer alongside my brother. Exactly. I don't know that we have. Right. Yeah. And I am constantly looking within myself like, Lord, 
there are so many brothers and sisters across this world yeah who have had to go through yeah just absolute nightmares mm-hmm. for the cause of Christ and and I know that's not what this is right it's you know it's just it's it's someone just seeking like physical safety right for them and their son however um I don't think Jesus would make that distinction if he was in that place like he's right. you know right. like he you know so so I there's always this part of me going Lord I would count it, I would count it all joy mm-hmm. to suffer alongside my brothers and sisters. Yeah. If that's what you want of me. Right. Um, but you're right. It's just, there's, it's so hard to know because I don't know what I would do in that situation. Right. I don't know. I would hope that my, that the Holy Spirit would calm my fears and allow me to walk forward in faith. Yeah. But I don't, uh, but I can't promise I wouldn't sin and say no. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all I can say. I can't yeah. promise that I wouldn't sin. Right. And, and, and say, I'm going to close my heart to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be able to say one way or the other. I think it's one of those things where you're in that position. If you are ever in that position, that's when you make that decision. Like, you can't say... Right sitting here in my comfortable home what I would right. do yep. and I think they ex- she does explore that just a little bit when toward the end of the book um, on this trip they've they've got they've now got this um, this guide who they, they it's called a coyote apparently mm-hmm. I don't know why it's called a coyote but apparently that's what it's called in mm-hmm. the migrant world when you um, hire somebody who sort of knows a path into the US Mm-hmm. Across, like across the border. Right. They're called a coyote. Anyway, um, that part of the book, there's a couple things that happen where not everybody makes it across the border. Like mm-hmm. not everybody gets to, well, they across the border maybe, but they don't all get to the final destination point. Yeah. And so she sort of explores that a little bit when those events happen where um, they kind of have to leave somebody behind. Mm-hmm. And they all are sort of looking inward going, I can't believe how easily I just turned my back on that person Mm. because we had to keep going. Mm -hmm. So she looks at that a little bit and and I think that's good that she does. Um, That it's not just a, you know, this group of people is inherently like morally superior just because they're, you know, on this horrible journey. Um, but yeah, it, that tugs a little bit at that side of me that goes, gosh, I, I just, Lord, I pray that I would make the Christ-like decision, mm, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I think that's one thing I really like about this book is that it forces you to think of different scenarios mm-hmm. and it pushes you into thinking, if I were in that position, what would I do? In multiple right. parts of the story yes yeah you know not just like an overall thing but like i i thought it was written really well and i i agree and i think one of the the big strengths of the actual narrative and the writing of it uh was um there the the main protagonist is lydia yeah but you hear the the voices of so many characters in Mm. this book Mm -hmm. she'll break from one and go to another point of view 
without batting an eyelash. It'll go mm. between the mom and the son and the, you know, the, the yeah. coyote and, a, and another migrant. And, the, you know, and she sort of hops around as far as whose who's head she's inside. Mm-hmm. I and I really enjoyed that because yeah. I think that's the strength of helping you to empathize with each of the characters. Right. Right, seeing it from their perspective, yeah. So, can we talk for a second about um uh the cartel leader yeah um Mm -hmm. so obviously it's a little bit unique this story that lydia um knows this leader um right and they had kind of a weird relationship like at one point in the beginning of the book it was like does she kind of like him like and does he is he in love with her um, and then he's right. after her, but it seems like maybe he kind of wants her to get away, but to, maybe he wants to kill her. Like, it just was right. a little bit, um, you didn't know. You didn't know what right. they were feeling about each other. And I think she did eventually come to, you know, this man is trying to k- kill me, but she still had these weird feelings for him. Um, yeah. Why do you think the author wrote it that way do you think there was a reason or do you think maybe it was just about her knowing her the person that you know was the reason why she wanted to to get out as fast as possible like what do you think about that well I think there was at least a decision in some fashion that this would be a good literary device because Mm. if it was just this guy killed her whole family yeah then there's no conflict he's Mm. he's evil and you can write him off as yeah he's just evil and he killed my whole family Mm -hmm. so i think it creates a really interesting tug of war inside the protagonist obviously inside of lydia yeah but i also do wonder if maybe in some way she was hoping to get us inside his brain as well Mm-hmm. And help us to understand a little more of why these cartels exist. Mm, yeah. And why why would somebody want to be El Jefe? Mm. Like, what what is that? Why would someone yeah. choose this life of violence? Mm. Um, and I don't know if she's necessarily handing us a clean answer, but... Right. Um, I don't know. I, I think that there was probably a bit of a dual... Um, okay. Reasoning yeah. behind behind that decision. I, I don't know. What do you think? Um I I don't know. Um I think it makes for a more interesting story, like you said, the fact that she knows him on a deeper level. Right. Um, and you're kind of questioning throughout the whole book, like, does he really love her? Is he pursuing her because of that, or is he really trying to to kill, or is he kill her just kind of mentally unstable maybe yeah. and he thinks he because he he sort of insinuates this uh if i because my daughter was was taken out of this world due yeah. to this article uh-huh now i'm taking your family right and this will 
bind us together mm. in some psychological yeah. you know like we Warped. both yeah. had huge loss uh-huh. over the same thing yeah and in some kind of warped you know uh-huh. mental yeah. <laughs> something he takes that as like look now we're bound forever yeah you know what i mean yeah um and i never got a great handle on that either like right is he, like literally in love with her or is it some kind of like she sees my soul where everyone else in my mm. world is doesn't you know, they see me, they see the other side of me because right. they literally see the other side of me. Right. Um, as the only, maybe she's the only person he's ever felt that he's really like opened himself Connected. up to in that yes. way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, which you brought up, um, the, an interesting point about her husband, um, like releasing this article when she found out that he was going to do it. I thought there would be, be like more of a reaction, I guess. Like I, again, I tried to put myself in her shoes and think if I knew that my husband was going to run this article and he knew that it was dangerous and that it would put us in danger. Um, is that like, first of all, is it realistic? But then also, I guess there are really, you know, people who do that, but, um, it just seemed a little bit far-fetched in my mind that someone would literally be like, <laughs> like, I know that my family all could die because of this article, but I'm going to publish it anyway. Like, I don't know. That right. seems really. So are know. you, are it, you um, like dubious about his, his reaction maybe? Like her husband, about his reaction or about his or like, his his intention, like his the fact intentions? that he's going to do this, even though he knows it's putting him a target on his back. I can never imagine my husband personally doing something that would put his family in danger. Like yeah. maybe it would put him in danger, but oh, well, I know that Nathan. So Nathan is a first responder. Like at school, if there's a school shooting. He's going to be the first one there. If there's somebody who is, like, you know, hurting or dying, he's going to be the first one there. He is a very selfless person. So I can see, you know, like, I know that if something happens, he is in danger personally. But I can't see him putting our whole family into a situation where it's like, come at us, you know. He He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it because of us right not but i do wonder if like that's also part of what she wanted you to think about maybe because i think in places where um you live around violence and danger so intimately Mm -hmm. um that's the choice that people have to make can do they have enough inside of them to hope for that better society that they think that maybe they can achieve bring if they could, you know, if they can get the rest of the world to understand what they're going through, or if they can sort of get the enough people in the country to sort of rise up and say, we're not going to live with this anymore. Mm -hmm. So I look back at, for instance, and I'm not trying to put this on the same level or anything. It's a different situation, but like the people who came to our country, Mm -hmm. um, 
looking for a better life. Right. And a lot of those, and clearly not from the same situation. Right. They were they were hoping to start a new society, but not because of like horrible violence or anything, just because they felt like there's a better way to do this. Mm-hmm. And what it took for them to put their lives on the line, because for many of them, it wasn't just them either. They knew that they have put a target on their entire family's back. Mm. And that there was going to be repercussions, not just for them, but their entire family. Right. Um, and so I do think that it, that is part of the, um, part of what sort of comes inherently with this, this society that, frankly, this society that we've created. Mm. We have the luxury of not having to choose mm. immediate safety hmm. or reaching for something better. We we have the luxury of not having to to think about one or the other. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can't have both. You right. can't have both. You can have right. one or the other. Um, if if you choose to go for trying to get that next rung, that higher hope, yeah, you've immediately let go of the lower one. Do and if you... you're holding on to that lower one, you cannot reach for that higher one. Do you think that him being a journalist? Like, you, do you think that he thought that that would change society? Journalism? I think he hoped that it would. I think he, he had hoped that if enough of us decide enough is enough, Hmm. we can change this. Hmm. And I think that's probably one of the fundamental hopes of journalists is that Hmm. we, you know, that knowledge is power and getting the word out is our only hope for something better. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know. I'm not a journalist, yeah. but you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I know how I feel about that. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> I don't always, I think journalism probably in the United States is a lot different than journalism, maybe in other yeah. Places. Um, but don't you think it's the same idea as, like, for instance, in Nazi Germany, the difference between just trying to be hiding underground versus, you know, Warsaw rising up and saying, no, enough is enough. If we can make a big enough stink, we can change it. But I also and think... making that decision between just, just, you know, go, go along to get along. Yeah. Versus... Well, I, I'm thinking of all those people like Corey Ten Boom, who, mm-hmm. who hit, she wasn't, you know, out there, like, walking the streets or anything. They hit people in their home. Like, they were right. the, the silent, uh, defi- <laughs> like, right. they, they were defying Nazi Germany by being silent right. and just doing the faithful, consistent... And s- Right. So many people were. Um, but then you have like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah. yeah. Who was on the other end of that going, um, you know, I don't have a family pro- to protect, but I'm not going to just let it slide into this evil. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell the world. And he did end up paying with his life. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he defied Hitler to his face. He said, yeah. no. Yeah. I'm, no way. Uh-huh. This is not who we're going to be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that brings up a really interesting point. Like, it's, it's a decision I've never had to make right. because of right. 
this society and maybe part of it is your personality too like i can't see cory ten boom doing what bonhoeffer did and i can't see bonhoeffer doing what cory ten boom did but together they did change society they did and i think it's personality and also circumstance yeah you know god god calls each of us to what's in your hand yeah you know, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, it's what's in your hand. You know, like mm-hmm. she had um, the ability to hide some people. Yeah. And she yeah. used it. Bonhoeffer yeah. had an international stage. And yeah. he used it. Mm-hmm. So they used true. what they had. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I still struggle with the idea that that was the right call for yeah. for him. But, you know personal choices and yeah and i'm sure he knew the the weight of that decision yeah and i think also it it speaks to as human beings our level of um ability to adapt because Mm. if you've lived with violence your entire life yeah um and you've sort of that's been sort of the underpinning of your entire society Mm -hmm. there's there's got to be some level of complacency mm-hmm. where you sort of start to feel like, well, this is just how things are. So yeah, yeah. why wouldn't I do whatever I want to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if that's been your entire life, I'll right. just, yeah, I, I, I think we are insanely adaptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of adapt to whatever our circumstances are and work within it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, I, that is just kind of like left unknown to me. I still don't know how I feel about that. But yeah. yeah. Interesting to think about though. I, I mean, I have to say, looking back, I'm, I'm glad that throughout history there have always been people who have been willing to grab for the higher yeah um and obviously as a christian i have a whole different perspective on on that because i feel that anytime i use what's in my hand no matter the personal consequences to myself Hmm. or even my family um my my actions i don't know how else to say it but kind of count towards the kingdom Hmm. um that God will use whatever that offering is um, to further his kingdom. And that when I come before the Lord, mm-hmm. I will be a part of something that I could never have imagined. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think for people who don't know the Lord, I, I, yeah. I do have a hard time understanding what would be the motivation. But as a right. Christian, I go, Oh Lord, give me the courage because yes. it's yeah. so worth it. Whatever yeah. we offer up to him, mm-hmm. um, in pursuit of his kingdom mm-hmm. is totally worth it. Yeah. Um, both, you know, both in eternity and now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So good. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Were there any yeah. questions that you wanted to talk about? 
Well, I was just curious, who, did you have one particular character that you sort of um, identified with more so than any of the others, or was it all just, you know, just kind of putting your shoes in each one as you went along? No, what, I, what were your... I would say nobody in particular stood out that I was like, yeah, I can really relate to that person. I do feel like it was written in such a way that you could relate to most of the characters for the most yeah. part. Um, and that's, again, that's one thing that I really enjoyed about it, um, being able to think through the way that they would. Even even yeah. the, um, the uh, what was his name? The guy that was after Lydia, um, the cartel guy. Oh, um, Javier. Javier, yes. Yep. Even him at times, because you could feel the torment from losing his daughter yeah. and just like the hopelessness that he he felt um right just so sad you know so yeah. like there were parts of each character that i felt like you know i really could step into that um, yeah but what about you um i would say i really identified overall with the like mother side of lydia Mm. Um, but not necessarily all of her decisions, just the mother ones, <laughs> okay. Okay. you know, the ones where it's like, um, just become a wall around my child, you know, mm. like, mm. like where she just wants to meld into him as mm. a, you know, like, I'm going to sew you inside of me to try to, you know, like mm. that feeling. Um, yeah. I was like, Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and she talks about not being a like a helicopter mom before all this and just <laughs> yeah. being sort of like, I, I really cherished my time, at, you know, where I got to do things that were for me and that kind of thing. I mm. love my son, but I also love being able to, you know, do other things, uh -huh. this, this kind of thing. And then after yeah. the, tra the yeah. trauma, yeah. that changing to just this insanely, like, I, I need to figure out a way to turn into a stone wall mm. around my child, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Now, did you cool. relate to that? Because... I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't say relate necessarily, but okay. more so just, I could feel you what could she understand feeling. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, yeah. I could, I can imagine how that switch could be flipped. Of mm -hmm. You go into mama bear mode and you will do anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, yeah. Especially when it's like a fight for survival and it's like, I'm his lifeline to freedom and... Yes. You know? Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, do you, do you, you have any other questions for... or are you... Are no, you... I... I think okay. we should do some ratings. Okay, cool. So, do you want to go first? Uh, sure, I can go first. Okay. Um, I already I'm, have I'm... my number, by the way. So okay, good. I am not swayed by you, Laura. <laughs> Don't be swayed. Do not be. Um, no, I'm I'm giving it a piece. I enjoyed okay. the writing. I think mm -hmm. she she did a she did a good job with how she um fleshed out her characters and yeah. got inside each person's individual yeah. thinking 
um, and helped you to empathize with each of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Even the sort of monsters of the story, you can sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, get some glimpse inside of because we we love to demonize the other and say, well, I would never do that. So um, she's really good at um, taking you inside the mind and helping you realize, okay, that's there for me too, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And I enjoyed getting a glimpse at kind of a hidden um, life, yeah. an entire life of yeah. people who are, you know, this is constant. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's every single day, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, people riding this train from the, t- you know, like, mm-hmm. I it just, I mean, I really, I, I knew that it was every day, but to mm-hmm. see the picture of it mm-hmm. was really powerful. Yes. Yes. So totally I, 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 I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. I, and I'm giving it a Pete's. Good. Well, I too am giving it a Pete's, which is a five. Woo! Yeah. I, I, we do not talk about this before. No, <laughs> no, I, it, it speaks to how well written it is. Yeah. And, and I think it's relatable for everybody and you know what wrestling with these things is so good yeah because not just to have an answer to have an answer but because I think that as Christians that's what we're called to do we're called to love one another we're called Mm to to walk in the messy parts of life with each other and and um you know it causes you to look at people differently and I think that we need to um I think you know so we're we're going over a sermon series at church called the one another's and it's all about how to love people and um love people well like Christ loved people and um I think as a whole as Christians we are not looked at by how we love we're looked at by how hypocritical we are or how judgmental we are and I want to change that you know like I want to be known by our love our love for one another and and one way to do that is to put yourself in other people's shoes and that's why I love this book because it caused me to look at people differently And it caused me to get out of my own little bubble, my own little world, and, um, and just put on, it, be in a different headspace, you know? And not that I didn't know that these things were happening, like you said, I did, but it paints a whole different picture. Yeah, it does. So, that's what I enjoyed about it. And... I, again, a lot of these things, like the feelings I felt during this book, because I felt a lot of feelings, I don't have an answer for all of them. And I probably won't. Like, because loving people is messy. And making decisions yep. that are based on what you believe and think and feel, it's messy. <laughs> and and walking alongside people who are going through tragedy, it's messy. So... um you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have an answer to how I feel about all of it, but I'm glad that I read it. Yeah. So. Uh, that's, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. 
it, it's reminded me of we're um, in our small group, like disciple groups at church where we've been working through Romans. And it just reminds me about um, don't just say you love others. Yeah. Have genuinely love others. Yeah. And I think it's, I can't remember which um, chapter I want to say, Romans 13, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But that one is just has been such a smack in the face to me lately of yeah. love. We talk so much in Christian circles about that love is a verb that sometimes I think we forget that love is also an adjective. Like, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Noun. <laughs> no, but mm-hmm. like to have, having genuine affection is also part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, saying we love someone, but right. not being willing to open our hearts to them in empathy. Right. And in, and in genuine feeling. Yeah. Um, that's that's not love we, right. we want to think that it's just a verb and it is a verb yeah there's another component mm. if if god only loved me with action that would still be amazing mm-hmm. but god has genuine affection for me mm-hmm. his heart is open to me yeah and to my longings and my fears and my dreams mm. my thoughts and he's calling us to that yeah for the world Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's scary to open your heart that wide, but you've got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I'm hearing, and good stuff. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that one of my recommendations was a piece. <laughs> yes. Although I have to say, we have been just hitting at the same tree for a while now <laughs> so here with the uh yes. you know we're like oh we need to have a nice little light read so I let's know. read american dirt right <laughs> hold on folks but so, yeah. that that will be remedied because yes next time two weeks from, two weeks from today we will be doing um just a fun what are you reading yes. session um just to kind of break it up a little bit and um, because I genuinely want to know what Beck's reading, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I always love those conversa- conversations. Yes. I know. Because, they're just fun. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. For us, if no one else. Oh, I mean, right. Exactly. You guys might be thoroughly bored, but, but you Becky and I will have a blast. <laughs> we will have some good recommendations, and I'm sure yes, some bad will. recommendations. So. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So join us then next time um, when we talk about what we're reading. Mm -hmm. And until then, may all of your coffee and all of your books be a perfect blend.